Hi and good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of the Life Science Rush Hour with Matt Corcoran. Hope everyone had a great weekend and is ready like me to get the get the summer started. Um, last week I had the, uh, the the privilege to travel out to the to the MedTech conference put on by Healthogy. It was a great event. Um, a wide variety of participants were there. The the conference primarily focuses on earlier stage or pre-commercial products uh, companies. So you you get a great a great variety of participants. Um, you get the representatives from the big companies, the Medtronics, um, to the early stage companies who are looking for funding, and then of course the investors and the the service providers like me. Um, you know, for, for for someone like me, it's a great opportunity to make some connections. But you also have to respect the fact that they're not out there to to purchase insurance. They're out there to to, to find money or build strategic relationships. So you certainly want to respect that, and I try to, to do that as best I can. So what I want to do here was give you a, a quick recap on the conference, who was there, um, and some of the highlights from what they talked about. Um, really, the conference got kicked off with Silicon Valley Bank, and they were discussed, hey, here's the current state of the market. As we look from a historical purpose um, or pro- uh, perspective, um, and probably the big takeaway was there's been an increase back in in funding, $9.1 billion invested in 2017, which was a re, which was a, a positive. That was an increase after um, you know the trend was reversing and we we're seeing some decreases into the med tech investment space. Um, you know the other big takeaway is the exit strategy is 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 M and A. Um, when you look at M and A versus IPO. Uh, the ratio is is, is pretty one-sided, and, then, and I think they see that continuing. Um, after that was a perfect lead into to Medtronic. The CFO was um, was there, and she spoke. Um, really talked about some of the deals that they look at. You know, um, from a hey, here's what we're looking at when when we either you know make an investment or uh, you know going for a full-fledged uh, takeover. Um, so it was good perspective from her. Uh, they've been a little bit on the quieter side these past couple of years, but there was a hint that that might change. So we will uh, we will see where that goes. Following that, that investment trend, which was definitely more of the focus in the morning, I would say, um, they had three three uh, a fireside chat with three investors, uh, one from White Zone Ventures, one from T Rose, T Rose Price, and then Perceptive. So you had a a, a venture fund a mutual fund, and a hedge fund. So a good variety. Um, and what was interesting is how they, they look at deals differently, um, the number of deals they really source per year, um, and then you know also some debt equity type deals. Uh, so as you would expect, Lights of Adventure sees the far number of deals because they're, they're really looking at the private companies, um, and there's just a heck of a lot more of those, especially in the med tech space. Um, now, T. Rowe Price will get in on a deal, but again, they're, they want to know, hey, here's the exit strategy. It's, it's probably an IPO, and, and, and really the same thing with Perceptive. Um, they're looking, hey, we're going to go IPO at, at, at some point. Um, now, Perceptive will do some, some, some issue some debt and help with that, and, and that was another thing that was somewhat surprising. We're seeing more and more uh, debt being used. Um, whereas, you know, not too long ago, debt was a no-no in the space. You just didn't take it. But that is certainly changing. And even in some side conversations I had with some bankers, 
that was a recurring theme, how it is being used so much more. Uh, so great talk by those guys, different how they how they look at things. Um, probably the big thing is, hey, what's your plan? You got to have a plan, you know. What are you going to look at look like 12, 18, 24 months from now? Um, especially for the for the T-Row price and perceptive folks um, where they need a, a clearer exit strategy um, than maybe Lightstone who gets in at a much earlier stage. After that, we, we, we went to breakout sessions and um, I had the, the, the privilege of, of, uh, of uh, listening in on Howard Root, who was the CEO of Vascular Solutions. Fascinating story. He's written a book. I, I suggest you go get it. Um, how he and he had vascular solutions, but Howard in particular, um, who was facing felony felony charges for off-label marketing, how he fought and won that at quite a high cost uh, monetarily, but obviously a, a fight worth fighting. Um, the almost disappointing how little evidence. Um, the government had purely motivated to get someone um, and not even looking at the facts. So obviously great to hear that he got off. Um, but the, the effect that had on his life, I can't even imagine to, I can't even imagine the, to put that in, into perspective. Um, but I think he takes uh, some, some satisfaction telling these stories and, and laying in, and, and sharing with Hey One um, against a, what could best be described as a vindictive prosecutorial and Department of Justice team. So, um, again, I would check out that book that Howard Root work, wrote, Root, R-O-O-T, CEO of Vascular Solutions. Uh, after that, we had, took a little break and we got into this, into uh, the CEO talk. Um, and this was a good mix. There was two CEOs who, uh, there was three CEOs, um, Two had just recently been going through some acquisition, but the, um, the the big takeaway was these were all CEOs that were brought in, not the founder CEO. Um, and one of the things they talked about is sometimes this is right, sometimes it's not. I mean, they've had you know basically CEOs for hire, seen that come in, and it's been disastrous. Same thing on the founders, that you know the founder slash CEO model, where that can be have disastrous. Um, outcomes as well. The big thing that I think all three would say is it's it's being aware of, of what your what your strengths are, um, because at a certain stage as you grow, you know, the founder he might be the science guy, but he's not the business guy. Um, and when you're raising money or preparing exits or partnerships, it's important to know and, and have someone that's that can do that job well, um, leading the company. And then also managing people, because as you grow, you bring on more and more people. So that was a really insightful talk. Um, you know, I think a lot of companies could learn from that talk. Um, so uh, they followed that up with then Nancy Schlickman, who is retired, the retired uh, CEO of Henry Ford Health System out in Detroit. Um, really, really interesting story. Um, basically, Nancy if there was a depressed hospital system, she would come in and, and try to revive it. Um, and, you know, just what they've done, the changes they've made. Uh, what was interesting is they were downsizing when, you know, and, and divesting when other, 
when all other health systems are 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 making acquisitions. So um, how she turned that around um, and made it into the institution is today was just um, unbelievable. And and kudos to to her for for the job that she did. The next session I caught was probably one of the most important talks. And it probably ties back in with the investing and uh, you know what investors look for. And that was the, the topic of reimbursement and the challenges that that creates um, and headaches. And but at the same time, it can create opportunity if you have a clear path towards reimbursement. Um, you know, I work with both medtech, biopharma, um, you know, basically anything that's FDA. FDA approved and reimbursement is the, the that that's the 500 pound gorilla, um, you know, and, and they, they talked about different strategies, picking ball back off another uh, code or trying to get one yourself. Um, the surprising thing was that I heard was it's not necessarily the, the, the a lot of times it's the, the, the specific society says, no, 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 let's not change the, you know, people are hesitant to change on a new code. And um, it's a shame because there's some great things and the reimbursement can just take so long and getting a code so you can get paid and, and improving the value. Um, it was a, you know, I think anytime you can learn more about reimbursement, it's a good thing because for me, my customers and clients, even if they don't have a commercialized product, it's something they're thinking about um, or need to be thinking about because if, if you can have the best product in the world and you can't get reimbursed, you're, you're, you're going to go out of business pretty quickly. Um, then, you know, finally we, we, we hit on two subjects. Um, the, the first company they did a penumbra had its own kind of spotlight on it. Um, who commercial product, public company, but the most interesting about that client or customer, um, no, no client of mine is that they were formed without any, you know, venture money. So they kind of did all by kind of bootstrapped some friends and family, but no venture money, which really gave them a lot of flexibility um, to grow the company as they wanted. And not necessarily have, hey, here's the exit strategy, blah, blah, blah. But let's make this and shape this company how we want to. Um, and obviously they've done it well because it's a you know billion plus dollar company. So they're, they're doing something right. Um, and finally, the, the, the last session was working with strategics. And what was interesting for me on this one was I was at a bio conference two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and they had the same exact panel, you know, title, different, different participants, but, you know, same idea, you know, venture, venture, um, uh, strategic venture. So um, venture from, you know, from, from the big boys um, and how that worked. And a lot of it was pretty similar. Um, you know, different kind of sub-industries, but the same idea. Um, I would say the one thing that you probably, I, I, I got away, I got out of this one that was a little bit different is they're, on the med tech side, they're really treating it as an investment and in, in, in a possible acquisition. Um, you know, I think they're getting in a little bit later in some cases, depending on the organization. So they, they kind of see a clear path. Um, you know, one of the other things I took away was that on the biopharma side, it's almost a true investment. Those companies are, um, it's fireballed, if you will. It might not be the best word, but 
all right, we're making this investment. We're going to let them run. We're, we're treating our venture team as a true venture team. Well, on the, on the med tech side, from what I heard, there was more um, interest in, hey, what can we do to help you? You know, what resources can we give you? Do you need to talk to a to a scientist or you know a certain team members or or uh, you know groups within the, the industry or within the company? Um, so certainly almost a little bit more of an openness. Um, one thing that didn't get asked, I was curious, is with that openness is when there's multiple strategics on board, how that how that works. Um, my guess is it's probably a little bit more uh, shut down a little bit more, um, but you know, that question wasn't asked and uh, I don't think I was the appropriate person to be asking. So, I mean, all in all, with that conference, I I, I learned a ton. Um, I would recommend anybody go out there for this meeting every year if you, if you have an interest in the med tech, early stage company, uh, or if you're an investor, because there's certainly a ton of ton of uh, smaller companies out there that, that are looking for dollars. Uh, and if they're getting a speaking engagement, they're usually doing pretty well. Um, so... Great meeting. Um, love to hear feedback from other people. Drop a note. Uh, my my email is Matt Cork M A T T C O R C. Or it's Matt M A T T at Matt Cork M A T T C O R C dot com. Um, you can catch me on my blog Matt Cork M A T T C O R C dot com. Um, Love to hear from anybody um, and look forward to catching you soon. Take care.